What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Laura, what do you have other than an apology for your pops? Yeah, Dad, I'm sorry, but I'll tell you that later. So, (laughs) moving on. I saw this story on Instagram yesterday, and it really caught my eye. It was a young lady who posted a picture of her boyfriend pre and post of her doing something to him. It says... It's the support for me. He knows I don't have any people to practice on, so he let me practice on him. And the picture is of his nails bare and then acrylic nails on on the next picture. (laughs) And I was like, bruh, I love this. The fact that her boyfriend is like, look, babe, I got you. You don't have no one to practice. Just do it on me. That is so dope. And then I'm like, hmm, what is the craziest thing I've done to support my partner or, you know, your significant other? And I couldn't think of anything that crazy, let alone something that he was going to be able to post. Have you guys done anything crazy? No, I I can't think of anything crazy. I just think that at this stage of life, right, Mm -hmm. because we have two small children, my wife has gone back to work, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on. I just think little things like, I don't know, I put the dishes in the dishwasher today. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like those things are, like, received better than anything I could do, like buying flowers or whatever because there's not really anything she does that she could that she could practice on me um you know i mean she works in news (laughs) so um but in in regards to that stuff like i just feel like the older you get the little things matter more or the longer you're with somebody the little things matter more which i think also falls this falls into that category yep this the little things george so like i've got this thing every week when my girlfriend's children go back to her ex-husband every Monday, mm-hmm. I always bring her flowers on that day. And nice. I was never really much of a flower guy. It's just yeah. that it's the easiest way to make a smile. But, Laura, I yeah. will tell you, mm-hmm. I have let my daughters practice um, uh, facials on me. Oh, nice. You know, so they're like, hey, Dad, we're trying to do this. Um, can we experiment on you? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And um, they... You know, I don't know, whatever stuff they put all over your face. I'm like, yeah, go for it. Love it. And I see this guy with the fingernails. It's hilarious. I would do that. I would do that. I think that's so dope. And, like, just a quick tidbit. Men, women still appreciate when you open the door for them when, you know, you're picking them up or whatever. You're at a restaurant. Open the door, like the car door. Yeah. And I do that to strangers all yeah, the time. Yeah. Like, especially, yeah. well, the but car door. But it doesn't door. even have to be a woman. Like, it could be a dude. I just be like, I hold the door open for them. If no, I'm but like I mean, there. like, the She's car door. door. The yeah. car door. Oh, oh. I yeah. thought you meant, like, going into, like, a building. Or no, something. going into the building the is just, yeah, courtesy. I do it all the time. And, it, and I'll tell you why I do it. Because it's one of these things that makes your lady feel special. Mm-hmm. And it's a little teeny tiny thing. And in fact, last night we were leaving this restaurant and I was, my mother was, was driving with me. And I opened the door for my mom. And she was like, oh, what a gentleman I raised. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, Ma? <laughs> you know what? It's, it, Ma, you're my mother. I want to show you respect. I want to show you love. You know, yeah. I, it doesn't yeah. take anything to do this. It's a nice thing to do. Nice gesture. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Or or one more, because someone did that to me the other day. Moving me out of the sidewalk, like if you're walking on the street side, putting me on the other side. I don't know why. Like, I think that's so cool when a guy does that. I don't know if you guys do that. But no, I do I it with my kids one. all the time, obviously, part. for obvious reasons. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't know. That was weird, but I thought it all was right. cool. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So here's the deal. This is We, we have been uh, you know having all sorts of fun with a lot of nonsense today. Um, but there is a kind of a serious story going on in the NFL today. And basically – 
The NFL, for lack of a better phrase, has instituted some policies that have upset some of their constituency, okay? So, long story short, the NFL has put up a put it put a in place a rule that if a game is canceled and cannot be rescheduled within the current 18 week schedule due to a covid outbreak, neither team's players will receive their weekly uh paycheck for that particular week. So, you know, it's not just the team that has the covid outbreak, it's both teams will suffer those consequences. So, um, you know, I'll, there are a couple of players, DeAndre Hopkins specifically, um, who has spoken out about this. Jalen Ramsey has spoken out about this. Um, you know, Jalen has tweeted a number of things, to be clear. Like, he, he is um, – he just doesn't like that – he doesn't want any of his teammates to feel pressure um, from him because of the COVID situation. Now, Kaplan, I, I – I understand the NFL's position on this. Um, I the, I may be in the minority on that. I don't know. Like, I get it. I feel like I understand why the players are not happy or the the handful of players or the small – I don't know if it's a small amount, but the um, probably minority amount, whether it's small or not, is a different discussion, right? But Because I don't know that to be true. But whatever the minority amount of players that are not thrilled with this, uh, particularly DeAndre Hopkins has been very vocal about it on social media, even threatening to potentially retire if he had to, um, then, you know, like I, I get you guys being uh, bothered by that, but at the end of the day, they're trying to do what's in the best interest of their own private entity, and they have a right to do that. Well, George, listen, let me start off with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, young fella. Um, if, if you feel like you've made enough money thus far in your career, and if you feel like you can look in the mirror and say, Hey, you know what? I've done what I wanted to do in this game. I'm good. Then go ahead and retire. I mean, who are you threatening? You know, your, your teammates, the ownership, uh, the fan base do it. Let, let, let's actually see you do it. I will say this, George. I don't think one player, not one will say I'm giving up my NFL career over this new policy. Let's face it. What the NFL is doing is it's saying this. If you don't want to get vaccinated and we wind up losing games and we wind up losing money, then guess what? You're losing money, players. And here's the thing. If I were a player on an NFL football team and I were vaccinated and most of my teammates were vaccinated and a few guys didn't get vaccinated and the unvaccinated players brought COVID into the locker room and shut us down and I lost money, oh, we've got ourselves a problem here, you know? And I would well, just Well, look, you, you have played big-time college football. You, you had a cup of coffee in the NFL. So you know the mindset of that locker room as well as anyone here, like that, or better than anyone here for sure. George, I'm just going to tell you, man, if I were on a college football team or let's just stay with the NFL in this case, and there's 53 guys or call it 60 plus guys in a locker room and most of us are vaccinated, but there's a few guys who don't want to get vaccinated because all of a sudden they're a scientist and they know what's going on. Listen, I got vaccinated and I have no idea what's in the vaccine. Zero. I did it because I thought it was the right thing to do, and I thought it was the selfless thing to do. And I just would say this, that with what's going on in the world right now, I feel a whole lot more protected about yes. what is happening. If I were on a team 
and my teammate did not want to get vaccinated, and we wound up forfeiting a game, which meant maybe we don't make the playoffs. Maybe don't, we don't fulfill what we could do as a team. Maybe we all lose money. We all have a major problem on our hands here. And, and I believe with what Michael Irvin said the other day, that if you don't get vaccinated as a player in the NFL, you're not serious about winning a championship. That's Michael Irvin's opinion, and I agree with it. Yeah, I, really I, do. I, I agree with Michael Irvin as well. And, you know, we talked about that briefly the other day. Um, here's the deal. I have been very critical of Roger Goodell and the NFL in my 20 years or, well, as long as Goodell's been there. Uh, but in, in, even prior to Goodell, I have been very critical of the NFL. Um, I don't believe I have a ton of friends in the NFL because of how, my criticism, um, you know, at least in the offices is what I would say. So... You know, for me to side with them and understand their position more so than the players is a rarity. It, you know, maybe some of you that have listened to me for five plus years when we talk about these kind of things, you, you've you known my position and generally I will always side with employment, with players, uh, et cetera, over management and particularly over leagues. Um, and I'm not alone on that. Uh, one of my colleagues, right, she worked here at ESPN, Jamel Hill, um, had this tweet today and I honestly could not have said it better when referring to DeAndre Hopkins' position uh, about potential retirement. She said, so a vaccine that's proven to be wildly effective and protects people against a potentially deadly virus will get an NFL player to retire, but not the threat of imminent brain trauma that they expose themselves to every single game. Got it. How about every single practice? Yeah. Yeah, right, to your point, yes, yes. And you know this because you have also lived through this um, through through people that you have worked with and people that you have um, that you have competed against and just people in your life. Yep. Listen, I, I've seen what a ten year NFL career can do to a person's brain by the time they're in their mid fifties. You know, and it doesn't happen to everybody. But for those that suffer from brain injuries that didn't even know it when they were forty five and then have no idea where they are when they're fifty five, I've seen that up close and personal, and it will change your opinion. But here's the thing about vaccinations. Okay, look, if you are a team player and the NFL and football in particular is, in my opinion, the ultimate team sport because the size of the roster and the responsibility and accountability that you have to the guy in the next locker over to you, you may not love your teammate. You may not like your teammate, but on Sundays, everybody is pulling in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Well, look, I got it. People say it all the time. It's an individual choice. It is if you're a civilian, but if you're a professional football player, it's not a, a it's not a right. Playing in the NFL is not a right. It is and it's it's again it's cliche. It is a privilege to play in the NFL. If you don't get vaccinated as an NFL player and the team loses games because an unvaccinated player brings COVID into the locker room and games are forfeited and money is lost, I'm telling you right now, these players are going to have a huge problem on their hands. The most selfless thing and the best team thing that they can do is everyone should, everyone in the NFL should be vaccinated. Front office, coaches, trainers, it, it doesn't matter who it is. If you're in an NFL franchise, you should be vaccinated. That is my uh, opinion. I, right. I, I also agree with you. I, I, you know, I could not agree more. And look, I know that there are people, and this happens all the time, okay, 
on social media and perhaps even in their car right now screaming, oh, you know, and DeAndre Hopkins did this. He wrote the word freedom with a question mark, and there are people quoting the Constitution, and this is unconstitutional. First of all, that is not, is not unconstitutional. Um, the Constitution protects you against the government in that situation, not against private enterprise. Uh, private enterprise can do what they want in this situation. And there is another gentleman um, who – well, before I get to that – you know, the other part of this is the NFL is no dummy, dude. They are lawyered up with great lawyers. These leagues, whether it's the NFL, the NHL, MLB, um, you know, NBA, they're either run by lawyers or, pe- or have great lawyers, okay? And they are, quote-unquote, not mandating the vaccinations. They are instead making it very difficult on the unvaccinated, which is a big difference, okay? So let's start there. Um, but I, I saw this tweet from a gentleman named D.A. Osorio. Now, I don't know him. I just started following him because of this tweet, because I looked up what he said here, and he is 100% right. When DeAndre Hopkins tweeted the word freedom with a question mark, he wrote, look up Jacobson versus Massachusetts and the subsequent legal challenges that have failed to understand why you, he's talking about DeAndre Hopkins, always had to get a vaccine to attend the schools you played football at. And at, at the, you have the, I'm sorry. The vaccines that you've had to you to take to attend the schools you have played football at that have now led you to having this particular platform. And he's right. First of all, that statute and that particular case he's talking about uh, absolutely is, is something regarding is I don't want to go too deep into the weeds, but basically it is a very similar situation. Um, certainly as far as similar precedent, there's no question about that. Um, and it has faced different legal challenges. So enough with the unconstitutional stuff. It is not unconstitutional. Um, but yes, the point is this, you know, if you are a football player, you have had to get a physical, you have had to be vaccinated for certain things along the lines. I understand that there are people that have, are drawing a specific line on this particular vaccine because of misinformation misinformation like this vaccine was basically popped up 16 months ago not necessarily they had been working on mrna uh, vaccines for several years this got expedited because what happens when you have research and i'm going to tell you okay when money gets thrown at research the more money you throw at it the more people you can throw at it the more people you can throw at it including these are uber smart micro uh you know biologists and you know epidemiologists and all these people that are as smart as smart can be when it comes to this stuff the more you get them to work on it the more people you get to work on it the faster these things can come to fruition and that's what american ingenuity created and that's where we should be celebrating that particular aspect of it which is the vaccine through american ingenuity through the ability to make that happen nonetheless from a sports perspective what i would say is look man the NFL has the right to do this because you have collectively bargained that you can get fined for, quote, conduct detrimental to the team. So th- before you start saying that they can't pull everybody's money, this is a, that is a very broad term, Scott, as you would know, conduct detrimental to the team. Yeah. And because of how broad that particular phrase is, this falls within those categories. Just remember who you're dealing with. You're dealing with the owners of NFL franchises you're dealing with an insanely powerful and wealthy group of people and you're messing with their money. Okay. And they don't like it. Cause remember what happened last year, they played that season, but there were nobody in those stands. They didn't sell parking. They didn't sell beer. They didn't sell hot dogs. They didn't sell tickets. They didn't sell merch. 
they lost a ton of money. And what they're saying to their players is very simple. We are putting pressure on you to do what is right for the good of our league, which means the good of the owner's money. So let's not be uh, naive about all of this. We all know everything is about money. Okay, fine. But again, take it and, and make it a bit more granular. Go into the locker room. You're a player. You're number nine. The guy next to you is number 10. You're vaccinated. He's not. He gets COVID. He brings it into the locker room. Game gets canceled. I don't get paid. And by the way, neither does the team that we're supposed to play against, and they get the victory. You're impacting all of the people in your league. I'm telling you right now, the most selfless thing that you should do as a great teammate is to get the vaccine. And I know that nobody likes to hear what you should or I'm telling you what you should and don't tell me because I have I have other opinions about it. This is not about America as a whole. This is about football players, about guys in a locker room. You either want to be part of a team or you don't. And if DeAndre Hopkins wants to retire, I dare him to retire. He doesn't have the guts to do it. And he still has more things he wants to do in his career. And nobody's going to retire. Nobody. I, I don't believe he'll retire either. I don't know. I wouldn't go as far as to know he has the guts or not. I guess we'll have to see. Um, but I don't believe anyone's going to retire over this. And if there are, there's probably going to be a very small amount of people, um, is my guess. Uh, because you only have a finite amount of time in sports, regardless, but particularly that sport because how brutal it is, um, to make a generational-type living for you and your family. Um, so you, you take it. Um, and again, it is private enterprise. It is a different conversation than what guys like him and Cole Beasley, who's another guy oh, uh, of the Buffalo Bills, who used to be a play for the Cowboys, is saying uh, as well. He, 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 in particular, is spouting off stuff that um, is – I love what Mark Cuban said. I love what Mark Cuban said to Cole Beasley on social media. And you know what? I know we got to wrap, George. So I'll tell you what Mark Cuban said to Cole Beasley on social media for everybody to see when we head back. Yeah, on the other side. Plus, it is a great day if you are a high school or college athlete. Again, another great day, and we'll explain why. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win download espn bet today what a play must be 21 plus and president select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details wow that is a great question um i do love me a good hammock especially um on a nice like breezy sunny day um i could fall asleep on a hammock i could pretty much fall asleep <laughs> almost anywhere to be honest with you but um but that's a great question about Kanye. The Kanye is doing that for HBCUs. Uh, he invited 5,000 people at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium there in Atlanta, and he's debuting his album there. I, th- I think that's a pretty cool story. Um, but if I had to pick – I mean, listen, I've told this a million times. I am a huge Depeche Mode fan. I have seen them all over the country. Um, if I could get, like, an intimate, um, like, concert with them with just, you know, a small amount of people, oh, I would love that. Like, you know what I used to love? Um, before we get to this, uh, before we get your uh, you to finish your conversation on Cole Beasley or Mark Cuban, I mean, yeah. Um, I used to lo- remember MTV used to do a show called Unplugged. 
Yeah, of course. Where it was like a small stage that it was a very intimate mm-hmm. setting, a couple yeah. hundred people in like a studio and, you know, they would have artists come in and not and play it like, you know, uh, either sing a cappella or do things unplugged, like no get electric guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all just string guitars. Like, I loved that show. I, yeah, I thought great. that show was great. I would actually think that that's something they should bring back, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, especially but, if you're going to bring back Cribs. Right, especially if they're bringing back Crips. But yeah, I, I, so I love a little intimate setting situation for sure. I do too. I, I um, am a little bit spoiled. I love to see big name bands in really small venues. And while I think it's really cool that what Kanye's doing, 5,000 is still 5,000. You know, I'm talking like real small. I'm talking like a couple hundred. If I had the chance, I'll tell you, George, um, you know, you said Depeche Mode. I always talk about Pearl Jam, but I'll give you one. It's a little off the beaten path. If I could get a small venue with the Black Crows, that would be a band that I would like to see in a really small, intimate venue. Um, the way Kanye's putting this thing on, only make it smaller. Like, make it even that much more intimate. That, that would be a band I'd really like to see in that kind of venue. Uh, Laura, would you go to Los Bukis? No, I'm just kidding. I know you wanted to see them. but I <laughs> My mama. I'd bring them. Yeah. I feel like now I got to get them tickets. Yeah. yeah. Who would be your, your artist or band? Uh, living it would be probably i love alicia keys i love oh that's a great one that would be fantastic yes if i could non-living a selena yeah Mm -hmm. um gregory can it go non-living non-living i would go with sublime which you guys are gonna make fun of me but i know you love i do i do i absolutely (laughs) love them and i can listen to their music all day long every day and never get sick of it so i would love to see them in a small setting live that'd be awesome okay um i you know who i saw in a small setting at a super bowl party in dallas um, was naughty by nature, and it was so much fun. Ooh. OPP, so much. When they sang OPP, the like thousand <laughs> people that were in there went crazy. Like yeah, it was I amazing. Bet. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I saw Dave Matthews at a Super Bowl concert in San Francisco. Kind of a small venue, like maybe two or three thousand. That was an insane show. And I'm not like the hugest Dave Matthews fan. I like him. I've seen him a couple times, but right. like in a small venue like that, insane. Yeah, it's more intimate for sure. All right, so what did you have to say about Mark Cuban and Cole Beasley right, real quick? So, so listen, for anybody that's not been following the story, and why would you be necessarily, but here goes. With today's news of the NFL and you know essentially the pressure they're putting on the players to get vaccinated, Cole Beasley, the former Dallas Cowboy and now Buffalo Bills, said this, I'll get vaccinated and be an advocate for it if Pfizer puts a percentage of its earnings from the vaccine in my wife's name. Mark Cuban replied, I'll tell you what, Cole, you get vaccinated and promote vaccination on all your social. I'll buy your wife a share of Pfizer stock. It pays a 4% dividend. This way, she's getting a percentage of Pfizer's earnings. Deal? I love Mark Cuban. I freaking love Mark Cuban for doing something like this. You know, I don't know what the deal is about Cole Beasley's wife um, or if there's any issue going on there. So that aside... I just think Cole Beasley putting that out there for people. I'm not getting vaccinated unless they do this for me. Well, guess what? They didn't do anything for me. They didn't do anything for my family, but I got it. And I love what Mark Cuban's saying. In fact, I may just go buy a share of Pfizer tomorrow and take that 3.78% dividend. Yeah, I mean, it it is. uh, Yeah, it's pretty. I I think it's smart. Um, I like that he did it. Um, you know, I, I'm a big Mark Cuban guy. I don't always agree with what he said, but I, I am a fan of his because I feel like he is, um, 
Every, I, I get, I get it. Like, I'm not saying that there aren't great other great owners, but I feel like players that have played for him love him. Um, so there, there is that part of the equation. So, all right. Beasley responded. Yes. Would you like to hear what Cole? Beasley oh yeah, responded I'd love to. With? To Mark yeah, Cuban. Yes, okay. yeah. to Mark Cuban is at Mark Thank Cuban. You. That wasn't literal. I don't want your money. If we had a real conversation on the phone, I could tell you why the NFL's new rules that are in place could actually cause more games to be canceled than last year. Maybe you could help. Your reach is farther than mine. Is how he responded. Okay. Well, good. Then they should get on the phone and they should work something out. And Cole should do what's right for everybody. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, real quick, speaking of doing what's right, we've been talking about the name, image, likeness stuff. There is a fantastic story uh, that came out today. So XL Sports Management has come out with a deal for a young man named Mikey Williams. Okay, he is the first high school player to sign a name, image, likeness deal. And this is coming off the heels where Nick Saban was telling us uh, earlier this week that Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback who's yet to play a game, has a million-dollar deal. At least that's what Nick said. Which, by the way, I, I don't blame Nick for saying it because that's basically a commercial for Come to Alabama. Right. Which, by the way, uh, where is uh, USC on all this stuff? and Or even UCLA on this stuff? Like, let's go. Um, nonetheless, this Mikey Williams situation in high school. Now, he's only a junior. Yeah. But here's the deal. Do you know anything about him, Kaplan? Or I no? do. I do. I've seen him play. You know, he, he played in the southern part of San Diego at a school called San Ysidro. Right. And as a freshman, he was out of this world. Yes. And he blew up. And he actually left San Diego in Southern California and went to North Carolina. Now, right. today the story is that he's going to make millions of dollars because all of these sponsors now want to get to him. But here's the thing, George, that's really interesting. You know, the quarterback from Alabama is a kid who hasn't played at Alabama yet, and he's going to get this million dollars because an Alabama quarterback is going to be on TV every week. I went and looked this kid up. He's got like 70,000 followers on Instagram, like – like a small number, like 15,000. You're talking 000. about the Alabama kid. Right, right. Yeah. 15,000 on Twitter. But here's the thing. Mikey Williams. Oh, he's, they, a, he's I mean, his YouTube following, all of it is insane. Yes. Insanity. In, in, on Instagram, he's got like 5 million Instagram followers. Yes. So look, it's like the two twin sisters that play college basketball at Fresno State that are getting endorsement deals. Nobody cares about Fresno State women's basketball. No disrespect, ladies. But what they care about is their TikTok following because you know what they are, George? They're not college basketball players. They're influencers. They Mikey are. Williams is he's a, a high huge school, influencer. Right. And he happens to be great at basketball. Right. Yeah. He's a high school yeah. basketball star, and well, maybe he's destined for the NBA. But well, yo, right oh, no. now Listen, he's an influencer. I will tell you this. I think he is destined for the NBA because mm -hmm. I've seen him play as well. And mm -hmm. what I would say is this, and I've had this conversation with a lot of my colleagues who are are now parents who have who played in the nba and every single one of them talks about not only raves that this mikey williams kid is the next coming right like he's going to be a star uh but they also all tell me basically any kid in the aau circuit in that kind of 9 to 15 range looks at 17 year old mikey williams and adores him right they're not necessarily they don't want to be the next lebron or kd or steph curry they want to be the next mikey williams uh at that age already so to your point this is a huge thing for and again this won't be for everybody but i i love the fact that it has opened these doors um for these young women and men to be able to take advantage of this stuff because to your point if you are you got that kind of following 
You should be able to you monetize that. This you is a value. this is America, dude. It's right. a capitalistic society. Let, uh, capitalism should work for everybody. Not you know it shouldn't be uh, you know rejected just because you're a student. Like well, that's silly. Well, how about this? I mean, why do athletes? not have the same rights that a TikTok star has or a YouTube star has. Correct. Why can, why can David yeah. Dobrik make yeah. millions of dollars yeah. on YouTube, but Mikey Williams can't? Correct. By the way, it's ridiculous. So you're it, right. It's finally time that that's happened. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Speaking of big deals, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Sam and Ash Law if that happens to you at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. What's right, Greg? All right, so Donna, we're going to start with you here. And LeBron James became the first athlete in a U.S. team sport to reach $1 billion in career earnings, with, including endorsement deals, while still being active. Is this feat a big deal or no deal? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's in the title of what you read, basically. <laughs> so it is It is a big deal just uh, in general, right? Like, there's very few people that have accomplished this. Um, and look, man, uh, I, I've, I've witnessed it, okay? No pun intended there. I have witnessed it where he is his own economy, you know, when he comes places. And, you know, so it, I, I, I am not surprised that it has happened and it has finally come to fruition for him and i'm excited for it and i'm i'm i'd, I'd like to congratulate him he deserves it yeah i mean i guess when you're talking about a billion dollars you can't really make an argument that it's no deal i mean it's a billion dollars and you said it greg that he's the first american team sport athlete so that maybe intimates to me that others perhaps golfer tennis player i, I don't know man somebody who's maybe a more of an individual sport, has achieved something like that. Is that the case? Oh, yeah. Tiger Woods is made. Tiger Woods was the well first billion-dollar yeah. okay. athlete. Yeah. So, look, so it's a big deal. I mean, LeBron James, George, you just said it. He's his own walking economy. And through salary in basketball, tons of endorsements, even right now we're talking about Space Jam 2. I mean, LeBron James has taken basketball and has turned it into a completely different level financially. And for that, that is a big deal. All right, next. What's next? Whoa. Uh, Cap. It's like the remix there. Yeah, yeah very much so. Like it's it. like somebody's like scratching back there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cap, Jordan, Jordan Peele has a new thriller movie coming out next year called Nope. The details of what it's about are not out yet, but Peel put out a picture of the poster on his Twitter this morning. All it is is a cloud with a string of flags coming out of it and a city full of lights in the background. It stars Daniel Kaluuya, uh, who also starred in Get Out, uh, Kiki Palmer, and Steven Yuen. I don't know if I said that correctly. Uh, does this sound like it will be a big deal or no deal? Well, I'm going to go with it sounds like no deal. However, I'm going to say this. I'm a big fan of marketing really, really well and teasing people and so even though there's a long way until this movie comes out and you guys know i'm not the biggest movie person but um i like the tease and so for that um 
I'm going to say good job, but I'm also going to say not a big deal. Yeah. I'm going to say not a big deal either. All right, what's next? All right, so Donald, you're a big Star Wars guy. Mark Hamill came out and said that he has secretly been in every single Star Wars movie since 2015. That could be as Luke Skywalker, which are obvious, but other movies that he voices as a droid or something right. else. Right. Is this a big deal or no deal? Uh, yeah, it's always a big deal um, because he is arguably the most famous actor in the entire series, right? Or most important actor in the entire series. So maybe not most famous because that would be Harrison Ford. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a big deal. I, I don't. Obviously, that is stuff that some of the Star Wars nerd types. Um, I'm I don't, I'm not in that category. I'm not like. I saw the Dodgers are going to have like a Star Wars night coming up, um, and like I'm not going to that. Dream. You're not going to show up as R two D two. No, not my thing. Uh, oh. My daughter though loves BB eight. Like she loves BB eight, which is the droid in the last three movies. But um, yeah, not you know I, I, the the nerdy nerds know most of it, but I, I, it was a bit of a surprise to me. I did not know that. See, I'm going to go the opposite way, which is no deal here. Because of the way you phrased it, Greg, which is that he says, hey, I'm in every one of these movies. So what? What? what, what's, why is that a big deal? Because most people didn't know that. Oh, well, I, I thought like you're saying, like the, the nerdy nerd guys would know that. Hey, Nobody we just lost the front tooth. High five over here. Not me. She did. Oh, oh congratulations. Really? Hey, nice. Mazel tov. Big deal yeah. or no deal? Big deal. Very yeah, big we've been deal. trying to get this one snaggle tooth out for a long time. <laughs> How'd you do it? I don't know, Mom. How did we do it? She pulled it out. There we go. Just the oh, old-fashioned really? way. Mm. Did they use a wrench? No, no. pliers. The pliers? Nothing? Yeah. No door shutting. Oh, okay. No <laughs> door shutting either with a string to your tooth. Okay. <laughs> That's great. All right. Cool. Yeah, buddy. What do you want? You want some of this? All right. Go ahead, Greg. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. We broadcasting can go to the next. from home, 2021. I love it. We can go to the next one, Laura. I'm sorry, guys. Your son is so cute. It was very, that was very cute. Uh, I forget who I'm going to here, so I'm going to go yeah. to you, Cap. I mean, it's only like, how many teeth have we lost now? I've lost three. all of them. Yeah, three. Oh. You're oh, seven yeah. years old. Still has only lost three. It's insane. I don't know what's going on with those teeth. Anyway, go ahead. Just Greg, falling out. Lots of money from the tooth fairy. Yeah. Uh, all right, oh, Cap. That's going to cost me, right? How much? What, what, what does the tooth fairy the tooth bring theory. tonight? $5, $10? What are we doing? Uh, I don't know. How much are we giving her? No, the Tooth Fairy, not The Tooth Fairy, you, I'm you. sorry. Yes, geez. Yeah, she's had her headphones on. She can't even hear me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you heard me? It's okay. Uncle Scott screwed it up. Oh, look what you did. Both of yeah. you. No, Ruining dreams. I didn't know she was still there. Big deal uh, or anyway. no deal that you just ruined the dreams of a child. Oh, big deal. <laughs> you know what? She was going to learn eventually. So. Right. No she deal. was going to find out soon right. enough. She's no deal. okay. Tooth Fairy don't exist. Spoiler alert. Oh, please stop it. Yeah. Let well, now believe. she can't hear anymore. So, so. That's good. All right. Anyway, Cap. Sir. Well, let's go to you. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 11 is set to come out at the end of this year, according to HBO. So, obviously, Larry David was also in charge of Seinfeld and was the creator of it. So, Curb having 11 seasons and Seinfeld only having nine seasons, is this a big deal or no deal? I'll go big deal, but only because I'm a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I did watch Seinfeld, and I believe Curb Your Enthusiasm is the better show of the two. The other reason I'll go big deal is because, remember, Curb actually ended, and then 
kind of got a reboot and came back. Yeah, he so, kind of paused. Like he yeah. was not, he wasn't interested in. Uh, in he was giving you, he was stringing us along for a while. My favorite favorite episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm is when he he uh, hangs out with the rapper Crazy Eyes Killer. You guys remember that one? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that was the best one. Yeah. I still to this day can watch that episode over and over again. So I'm going to go big deal here. Uh, I'm going to say big deal as well. I mean, first of all, listen, that's a long run, man. Like being on TV for even just a couple of years is a big run, man. Like I don't think people understand like how hard it is to get anything produced. Like I know so many people that have written stuff. And, like, I, I, you know, I've read it, and I'm like, man, this is good. Like, I'd watch this, and it just doesn't get made. Like, it's really hard. Um, granted, yes, when you already have a hit show like Seinfeld, it's probably a little easier. Um, nonetheless, just getting Seinfeld produced was probably really hard. And I actually think Curb is better, but shh, don't say that too loud, I guess. And, and shout is. out to Larry David, by the way, who is a big, big L.A. sports fan. And he I is. know as a matter of fact, he is a 710 listener. So... Larry. So you know what you know I saw him right I've told you this story right no no I don't think so at at, at the Elton John concert at his farewell 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 tour mm-hmm. um, I got Mario hooked me up um, in the uh, he got me in the Forum Club mm-hmm. for that night because he was at the Forum and he hooked me up with his guy and they got me passes to the Forum Club me and my wife and my wife. <laughs> Um, you know, they had food. I mean, this is pre-COVID, so there's food everywhere, right? It's like a buffet-style type thing, and there's, you know, lines for drinks. It's like a small place. Like, if you've ever been in the Forum Club, it's really small. Um, and it's like, I- I'm I'm sitting there. My wife's, like, pointing behind me. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what's wrong with you? And I turn around, and, and it's Larry David. And she's like, oh, you should say something to him. And I'm like, no, because then I will end up being the guy at the salad line uh, in the next episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. That is not what is happening. I am not saying anything to him. I'm just going to look at him and let him get his salad in front of me. Well, like I said, I know he's a 710 listener, Laker fan, Dodger fan. Huge sports guy. Yes. And so, Lar, if you're listening today, shout out to you, my brother, Mishbucha in the house. And, uh, and congratulations. Big deal. Season 11. Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. So we talked about Monty Williams yesterday going into the box, Bucks locker room on Big Deal No Deal. And you both said that it was a big deal. Well, friend of the show, Amin Al-Hassan oh, has I saw kind this. of gone a little bit look at, viral. Look at me, Louie. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was on the very, very opposite end of that spectrum. He basically said that it was a bad look, made the Bucks stop celebrating to let them let him talk. And people are calling it a hot take, whatever, all that whole deal on Twitter. So is this a big deal or no deal, Sedano? A big deal that Amin said that or a big deal like his point? All of it. Um, I mean. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I mean, you know, I get what he's saying. Um, I don't agree with it, but I don't think we have to. You know, people on Twitter are such a, uh, jerks, um, yeah. and it's like you know, we can't just disagree civilly anymore. Like it has to be like this mean crap uh, that we lob at people. Um, I text him, and I, you know, jokingly said something to him. Um, but yeah, like I don't agree with him, so no, I don't think it's a big deal. I think what Monty did was. Was you know I thought Cap nailed it yesterday. It was very classy. All class, and don't tell me he interrupted their celebration for that nonsense. That's that's look, dude. To see a guy go into another team's locker room 
after going through a devastating loss where you've now lost four straight games and you made it to the NBA Finals and everybody's there's so much emotion on that team and so much love amongst the player and the coach. To go in there and do what he did, it was a class move, and that's why I'm going to say that this tweet and this take is no deal. All right, real, let me just jump in here. Now, it's not the exact same thing, okay? But I covered the Ray Allen finals, the big shot in game six or whatever. And I was there, okay? And game seven, people forget. Like, everyone, like, you know, I, maybe not everyone. But, like, people think of game six, and it's like, oh, my God, it was crazy. The ropes were out, and Ray Allen hit the shot. Oh, my God, it was crazy. Yes, it was crazy. But people forget game seven of that series, just as crazy. Like, Tim Duncan was being guarded by Shane Battier <laughs> and missed, like, two bunnies at the rim and, like, pounded the floor like he was a Duke player or was that kid who played there, Wojciechowski or whatever, they used to pound the floor. Um, and, and it's like the game seven was nuts. And at the end of that game, now it wasn't in the locker room, but it was on the floor, you know, Pop is sitting there hugging Eric Spolstra and LeBron and Wade and Bosh and just, like, giving him kisses and, like, like really stopping them. Like, you know, he stopped to make sure that he made them understand, hey, I love you guys, congratulations, you guys earned it, yada, yada. You know, that's classy, dude. Like, you know, it wasn't in the locker room, but people then had problems with Pop doing that because they were like, oh, you know, I can't believe, you know, he lost a game, a series like that. He would be, you know, like, you know, his players must be distraught. You can have two, th two feelings. <laughs> you can compartmentalize being like, wow, that stinks for us. But you know what? I'm really happy for these guys, too, like – because even though you're competitors, you can still like the other side, the person on the other side. See, I, I just feel like all of this is such nonsense. But, George, i got to be honest with you. I, what made me uh, really appreciate what Monty Williams did is my inability to do the same thing. When I was managing Little League teams, if we lost, you know, I'd go through the line and shake hands, and then I'd go pout in my car. Like, I wouldn't be going and congratulating the other coach. Like, hey, you guys are better. Nice job. Way to go. I wouldn't go over to the other Little League team and say, hey, way to go, fellas. I mean, like, I am so impressed with his ability to get over the pain to go congratulate. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. All right. That is a big deal, no deal. Everybody's favorite segment here each and every day at 630. All right. Coming up next, Laura's review of Space Jam. And we've got a movie anniversary as well, speaking of movies. So we've got that. The first one's, uh, and Clinton mentioned this the other day when he was on with us, the uh, first one's soundtrack is incredible. Um but I did rewatch the movie, the first one, and it's really slow. <laughs> when did you rewatch it? Uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's it is really slow. Um, I, I, and look, my kid loved the the seven year old who just lost her tooth. Uh, loved this Space Jam, um, and you know it's crazy because at that age, and I think I may have said this to you earlier this week, um, she didn't even know a lot of these Looney Tune characters. I had to explain who people were. Um, who people were? You mean like people like Bugs Bunny? Yeah, like right, well, people. she knew. Wait, right, she kind of knew Bugs Bunny, but like she didn't know Daffy Duck or Porky Pig or any of those people. People like, like any of those Daffy characters. and Porky, right? Yeah, like so, I had to explain to her like who they were. It was kind of yeah. wild. Um, so Laura, you saw it. I'm guessing with eleven eleven. Yes, eleven in your bedroom 11, at your parents' yeah. house. Yes, at, yeah, all of the above. Yes. What time was it? He got there a little bit before ten. Oh. Mm, now, Jacory in Santa Ana says that's a little late. Well, that's because mom and dad go to sleep at 930. Correct. <laughs> Anyways, I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the whole thing? Yeah. I, okay, Unbiased? So, look, I the first that's thing I said, no, the first thing I said was acting is trash. Sorry, LeBron. But 
I'm like, I love the graphics. I was really okay with the graphics. I thought the storyline uh, between him and his son was really dope. Like, I actually really liked that because I feel like a lot of us can relate when our parents do that, right? They push us or they want us to follow a certain path. And we're like, that's that's not our path. So I thought that storyline was great. I didn't really like the movie in like in totality. I, maybe because, you know, whatever people say, I'm You're a hater. That too, right? But I watch kid. So I thought about that because people are like, well, it's a kid movie. I'm like, but I watched Lion King. I watched Luca. I, I watched, you know what I mean? I watched all these kid movies that I love and I can just binge watch all these amazing Disney movies. But this one, I fell asleep like four times watching it. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that it was a kid's movie. All of us have seen kids' movies and we're like, ah, oh, so good, right? Or we're super sucked into the to the TV. So for me, it was more of, I just didn't really care for the movie. Like, you don't have to Right, but it. I do think that your LeBron bias probably comes into this equation. No, because I, I, like I said, I love the storyline with him and his I mean, I, I don't, great. look, I, I said it the other day, I don't, this isn't like some Oscar award winning movie. Like, mm-hmm. this is, this is a kid's movie. You mean people aren't going to get mad when the Academy Awards come out that LeBron is not nominated for no. Best Actor in a Film, no, really? He was bad. Best Supporting <laughs> actor nothing he's not really he's not gonna get nominated mm. no no For, pretty sure fell asleep four times yeah. really yeah i mean how do you fall asleep four times if i were 11 11 i'd actually be a little uh <laughs> did he fall asleep offended <laughs> he wasn't asleep but he was like yo this is so corny like yo and like his slang's a little different because he's not from the west coast so it's like it's funny but um yeah he was just like this is so corny like I'm like, you wanted to watch it? He's like, well, you had to. You promised the guys. I'm like, that's true. But, you know, it just, yeah, it, it was whatever. He's like, the first one's better. I'm like, that's what I've been saying, even though I hadn't watched it. I don't think the first one was that good and I when know. I watched it back now. Like, I don't think it holds up the same way anymore. Like, it was different when maybe You're when younger. I was a kid and I saw it. Mm-hmm. But, like, now as an adult, I'm like, mm, I haven't seen it good. as an adult recently. So I was going to watch it yesterday, but I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's a brilliant infomercial for LeBron's brand to perpetuate 25, 30 years from now. What year was the original one? Like 20-something years ago, 30-something years ago, right? And so little kids, they know Michael Jordan, even if they didn't see him play, and even if they didn't watch the documentary series, they know Space Jam. And if your seven-year-old, George, if if she never watches LeBron play a basketball game, 20 years from now, she's going to go, yeah, LeBron James, right, Space Jam, basketball guy, sure, of course. It's an amazing, brilliant piece of marketing. But, Laura, you say the acting is trash. What did you think about LeBron's fake hair that they painted on that that was released where they showed a tweet where somebody's painting on his hairdo? Honestly, I didn't mind. Like, it didn't seem like, oh, my God, it's fake. It was like whatever to me. I didn't. It wasn't a big deal. Mm. Laura, you, you're the hater of LeBron, but you don't sound like it right now. But Cap, jeez, that is <laughs> that was some of the most hating I've heard from Why? somebody in a while. You, you, you sounded way more hateful than Laura do ever. Has. Why do I sound hateful? Oh, I'm this giving him credit. Big, this is a whole big infomercial yeah, for great. LeBron. Brilliant. And I, like going go some all crazy. No, no, but it's well, because the original Space Jam wasn't an infomercial <laughs> for, for Michael, Michael Jordan, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, look, it was a kid's movie for, like, kids. This wasn't one of those, like, we talked about it yesterday. This is not a Shrek-type movie where we're no. supposed to, as adults, no. enjoy right. it. It is a right. children's movie. It is made for children. Yeah. You don't think you don't think that it's about perpetuating your brand? I mean, no, it, it has, well, no, I'm sure, of course, that's part of it. But yeah. what I would say is, to, you know, to Greg's point, it has, like, five or six lines 
for like the adults to be like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. You know, like and that's about it. You know what I mean? But it is made for seven year olds and ten year olds. It did have good little punchlines where where I laughed. They made fun yeah. of LeBron a bunch. Yeah, actually. they did. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I look. This, like I said, for me, movies do the storyline. So the storyline itself was great. I just love the, the, you know, the father son interaction. I thought that was great. Like that alone won me over to be like, okay, you want to see the movie? Go ahead and and see it. Whereas before, I was like, I ain't giving him no money. You didn't think Don Cheadle was like funny? I thought he was funny. Yeah, he was good. Like he was funny, and I loved that he was like this. Because at first you were like, oh, you know, he wants to do this, and I don't want to spoil the movie. But then at right, the end right. you're like, you want to hate him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? He's yeah. the bad guy. My, even bad my, guy. my daughter identified him very quickly, the way he laughed. She yeah. was like, oh, is he very the bad guy? Very diabolical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good and word. she's like, is, Le- is LeBron going to be able to be okay? And I'm like, LeBron's going to be just fine, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm like, how about you watch the movie and stop asking questions? Oh, are you guys talkers during a movie? My daughter is because she's seven. Like, I don't know. Seven-year-olds, I feel like, never shut up. I'm oh, kind yeah. of a talker during a movie. <laughs> no, I want to watch the movie. Don't talk to me. Like, yeah, Riley, the whole time, I'm like, just, all right, sweetie, just watch the movie. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've gotten about? to that stage of my, I, I saw like a funny Instagram post um, uh, from like a friend of mine. <laughs> She's a mom of three. And she wrote a post. It's like two women sitting there and like the kids are arguing or whatever or like fighting or whatever. And the mom, it says mom with one child. Hey, guys, you really can't fight. Like you shouldn't be doing that. And then it's like the other mom just looks at her and says, yeah, you're right. And she goes, the kids are still fighting. And all of a sudden you hear the woman, it says mom with three kids. And she just screams, you need to stop fighting right freaking now. And then everybody stops. Like, you're silent. And it's like, yeah, that's how you get it done. And that's exactly how a parent with multiple children handles the situation. You know that's the truth, brother, right there. Yeah. Uh, real quick, speaking of the truth, uh, I don't know how true this is or not, but uh, I trust this particular gentleman, Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report, recently said on one of his uh, podcasts, Lakers Side Chats, that Kyle Kuzma perceives himself as someone like Jason Tatum. I think that's how he views himself, and that's great. You should view yourself as one of the best young players in the league. I, look, I, I, tomorrow this needs to be a discussion. Okay, I know I I perhaps may not be around, but I feel like I I hope you guys have this discussion. I have already said enough on this subject personally. Um, Well, yeah. Uh, Wait till tomorrow, everybody. I want everybody who's listening, especially late here now. It's getting towards seven o'clock. Tune in tomorrow. Elsie's on vacation. Yeah. George is going on vacation. Okay. Me, Clinton Yates, Greg Bergman, Laura, our team will be here tomorrow in a slightly different form. But that's, as a listener, that should be kind of exciting. Like, okay, like, Yates is in one place, Kaplan's in another, Greg and Laura are in different... Okay, how's this all going to go down? We'll all find out tomorrow. Yep, so make sure you uh, tune in then. Uh, Excellent work, Scott. Hey, George, have a great couple of days off, brother. You've earned it, man. Enjoy it. Uh, Enjoy your family. Much love to you, my man, and I'll see you when you get back. Okay, excellent stuff. Laura, uh, you've been a great sport. Um, You know, Greg is always a great sport, uh, even though we beat him up pretty well most days. Uh, But, Laura, today we beat up on you a little bit, and you were a great sport. Greg should be happy. Yeah, right. We we actually (laughs) did beat up on Laura a lot today. Uh, And 11-11, I'm just saying, dog, you know, do you. But make sure that Pops knows what's up. All right, we out. Have a great uh, rest of your evening. See ya.